Hey everyone, welcome back to Basic Binges uh, at, on the Talk Network. Um, it's great to, great to be back. We haven't done this in a while, or at least I haven't, but I think some of the folks here have done have done a couple of programs since uh, my last program. But enough about me. Tonight we're here to talk about Cloverfield, folks. It is the 15th anniversary of, uh, I believe it's Matt Reeves' directorial debut. And, uh, you know, a what an early found footage classic from the late thousands. Um, I'm, I'm sure a lot of you guys have have seen it. Uh, if you're watching this, you probably have. If you haven't seen it, I'm not sure why you're watching this. But that being said, we are going to try and make this as entertaining as possible. Um, I'm your host, Mike Manalo uh, from the Nerds of Color and um, whattowatch.com. Um, but with me, as always, are some of the most amazing guests you will ever have on a panel talking about giant kaiju found footage movies. Um, I'll start with uh, Tony Sanchez. Hey, Tony, how you doing? Hi. I had to talk about Cloverfield tonight, so <laughs> I guess I'm all right. The look of pain on your face just <laughs> it says it all. I have um, thought, but I'm saving them for the later part of this podcast. I promise. We are we are totally totally looking forward to that. I can't wait to just deconstruct all of that with you, Tony. That's that's awesome. Um, and with us as well is uh, Kurt Rose. Hey, hey, Kurt, how you doing? <laughs> good, good. Uh, I think I liked Cloverfield a little bit more, but I'll I'll talk about some of the the problems, especially with the found footage that kind of kill it for me. But but there's some good stuff in there. There's a lot of good stuff in Cloverfield, right? Yeah, it's it's there's there's some decent things, uh, some stuff that we could deconstruct. It won't all be hate, I promise. Uh, there will be there will be an iota of love somewhere in there. Um, but yeah, no, I I think uh, I I think honestly, um, this this is this is a movie that I think a lot of people really enjoyed when it first came out. But a lot of people also got motion sick when it first came out. And then the more it sat with us after we we thought about it for long and hard, the the less it started to hold up, the more it started to kind of fall apart. And it's like you, you leave the movie theater. You're like, this is a great, great, fun movie. And you're like, was it a great movie? Hmm. And then, yeah. Um, so, uh, we, we, we're starting out right now. We got our first comment even, um, thank you guys for watching. Um, I, I think heartless, uh, you said, wish I could be a part of this. Uh, you're at a charity event in club Q, um, for the club Q shooting. Um, that's, um, that's amazing that you're there at the charity event. Um, heartless, uh, we wish you were here too, but that being said, that's a huge, important thing for you to do. And I, I'm, I love that you're supporting that. Um, and cue ball, our good friend cue ball, how you doing? Uh, just finished a yummy, warm Black Forest ham, a ham and Swiss sandwich. That's that's awesome. Um, I'm really, really glad that you you're eating well. Um, you know, on that same uh, you know note, um, I wanted to just see what everyone's eating or drinking right now because this is the Nom Talk Network. So, uh, Kurt, are you are you eating or drinking anything right now? Well, uh, nothing exciting right now. I've just got a, a Coke Zero. Uh, in my Pokemon glass, as always. But I did, I will say, uh, if you're in Southern California, I went to my favorite Cuban place, Havana Kitchen in Temecula, and I had an avocado sandwich and some fried plantains. So I recommend Cuban food. If you've never tried it, I recommend fly, fried plantains, definitely. But Havana Kitchen, a shout out. Amazing. Um, yeah, I got to try that, Kurt. I'm, I'm going to go there just because I haven't heard of it prior to you telling me about it, but I love Cuban food. If you recommend it, I'm, I'm there, man. Um, thank you. Great, great shout out and great recommendation. Um, Tony, what about you? Uh, so first off, I'm from South Florida and the pain I had 
with like the absolute dearth of Cuban restaurants out here. Like there are definitely some and what they do have out here is pretty good. And I do like literally live like within walking distance of Porto's and Burbank. But uh, yeah, I miss like Cuban places just like on every single street. Um, so thank you, Curtis. I do appreciate that recommendation very much so. Yeah, because that first year that I was out here, it was rough. It was really, really rough. And I'm not Cuban, I'm Mexican, but I am from South Florida. So it's just that food is ubiquitous. Um, yeah, so thanks for that. Uh, me tonight, it is a Zanku night. So that's what we're doing, yeah. Um, and I actually don't have any napkins. So I'm going to be a monster. <laughs> My hands, I, pants, and my shirt, but you guys won't be able to see that because it's all happening below. Um, yeah, and then what else am I drinking? Just you know, good old fashioned liquid death. Um, yeah, I like it. I know it's stupid and cheesy, and it's just the fact that it's a can and whatever. I I like it. So Tony, uh, Tony, if we see your shoulders just moving slightly, then we know what's going on. You're just what right wiping your hands on your shirt. That's all I'm doing. Yes. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. But, um, I'm disappointed. None of us are having slush show. We are not. Yeah, I I wish I was having slush show. I I just you know they don't sell it anymore. Um, and and for those watching, I am just partaking in a Coke Zero. And I'm honestly, I wasn't actually going to drink something, but then I remembered. Uh, we uh love our fans, and we want our fans to participate as much in the show as possible. Which means you can redeem your Nom Talk bucks. Uh, to get us to do crazy things, including hydration. So I am doing this for you folks so that if you guys decide to cash in your points to have us hydrate, uh, we'll be drinking something. Mm. Now, um, as I mentioned at the top, we are talking about Cloverfield, but I'm going to, before we get into that, there's actually something pretty important that I do want to talk about, which is that you might notice that we have a fundraiser going on um, right now, I think all donations are going to the LGBT community network. Um, you know, the, the mission of which is just to enhance the well-being of the LGBT communities by providing activities, programs and services uh, that create support uh, and support the community and just empower that community in several ways. So uh, please, um, you know, help help us really spread the word, help us protect um, our LGBTQ, uh, you know, uh, brothers and sisters. Um, and and days as, as well, um, just because uh, we're living in weird times right now. And honestly speaking, with a lot of the craziness going on in this world and a lot of, let's be honest, a lot of the bigotry and the hatred that sometimes can happen, um, you know, every, every little bit of support counts. So, um, yeah, uh, that being said, um, thank you guys, as always, for tuning in. Thank you guys for being great people. And Let's talk some Cloverfield. Let's talk some Kaiju, right, guys? Um, I, I'd love to just, uh, you know, start out by just talking about how we all got introduced to this movie, when you saw it, um, how you felt when you watched it. Um, Tony, I can't wait any longer. I have to start with you. Um, can you talk about um, your first time watching Cloverfield and how you felt? So uh, previous to watching this movie, there was an entire uh, feature in Entertainment Weekly about this movie. An entire feature about a movie where they could reveal nothing about the plot. And their huge sticking point, right? Like the huge talking point about this, you know, campaign, the story within Entertainment Weekly was about how the actors were not given the script until they had signed on. And that 
you know, most NDAs, you know, uh, that, that most actors will have to sign, they were like, you know, a standard one is anywhere from like five to 15 pages, right. Depending on, you know, whatever it is they want to put in there. And they made a huge point about how the NDAs that these folks had to actually sign was the size of a small phone book. For those of you that are too <laughs> young to remember phone books, it's about the size of like, yeah, about like a, like a textbook, right. Like a small textbook. And so like, that was like a huge thing about how like, it's a secret. The plot is locked up. We're not saying anything. The trailer, like all we saw was like a bunch of like intermittent mis uh, images. The, that one sequence of the Statue of Liberty's head, like rolling down the street. That was it. Everyone was like, holy shit. All we knew was that it was a monster movie. And that was their phrasing, right? It's a monster movie. They didn't even use Kaiju because back then that wasn't really something that was like prevalent within like, you know, the lexicon at that point. Hmm. So I was just like, you know, eating all that shit up, right? I was like, oh yes, mystery, awesome. And like, obviously they were doing this so that way you would actually go and figure out what the mystery was all about. And I remember going with my friend, uh, Nick, we went down to the theater that was then the downtown Disney AMC 24 in Orlando, Florida, which is now the Disney Springs uh, AMC. And I turned to him literally as the lights were going down. And I said, the only way I will hate this movie is that I know exactly as much as I do at the end of this movie as I do right now. And then I proceeded to watch. And sure enough, that's exactly what <laughs> happened. Nothing is fucking revealed. <laughs> no, nothing about the stupid effing whatever this is. Is it a mutated humpback? Well, who knows? Is it Godzilla? Who cares? All we know is that New York no longer fucking exists, apparently, because this thing has only been with us for like a grand total of like a few hours. I think like the real time is like what he's like traipsing around for like all of like 12 ish hours. Mm -hmm. But at that point, we're like, nope, nuke the entire the most populated city in America. Just nuke the shit out of it. Destroy it. And that's it. And that's how the movie fucking ends. So literally, I was there flabbergasted absolutely shocked that there was no kind of revelation no new information i was like what was the point of me watching any of this and i was pissed i was so pissed off and now listen i recognize that my disdain for this movie has nothing to do with the quality of the movie the movie is actually pretty good like it's 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 good it's a, is, is it great no i don't think i would say it was great but yeah i i i was engaged as i was watching it i definitely wanted to know more even, you know, as you're going around, you know, they kind of tease like, you know, these little tidbits of like, well, maybe if we hang around with the army guys, we'll find out more. No, we have to go find our ex-girlfriend. Well, maybe, you know, throughout the course of us going to go get the ex-girlfriend, we'll find out a little bit more. No, nothing. And it just ends like that. So yeah, my movie going experience was awful only because of the way that this movie was set up through the marketing campaign the the bad robot mystery box as they like to call it after those um, guys, after those guys I, are hard. I cannot <laughs> say that enough by the way we got a redemption everybody hydrate thank you heartless hmm? all right so um thank you for that tony that that is a an, a definitely memorable experience and i think that you are not the only person that went in to the mystery box wanting to know more about the mystery box and and sitting through two hours of not even bothering to go anywhere near or open the mystery box so i i get it i get the frustration for sure um i i kurt i want to i want to just hear from you um what what how was your first experience what was that like what did you feel when you first got out of it you know 
Well, so I also had a terrible experience, but not because of the movie, which I'll get to in a second. Sure. A good story. Um, but yeah, so I remember because yeah, you know, I'm a movie guy, I'm a monster movie guy. Uh, you can't see there's a bunch of Godzilla stuff over here, toys and things. So you know, I I, I enjoy a monster movie. So you, you see it's coming out, you go see the trailer, and then there was the like AR, the alternate reality game. There was the slusho marketing for like the, the drinks, and then you went to the website and it was something about like drilling into the ocean and earthquakes and stuff. So there's all this like weird market. They had all the, uh, Beth and Rob and whatever TJ Miller's character and stuff. They all had MySpace pages. Yeah, visit. like it was all set up. But of course, it had nothing to do with the monster, right? It's all like the viral marketing. And and to me, that was kind of like more of the movie than the movie, right? Like it was marketing. Mm-hmm. It was like yeah. here's the thing. Let's market it. But the first time I saw it, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it less in second viewing now that I'm an old man. And the, the, I was thinking more about the movie construction yeah. and how it works, but we'll get to that. But, but here's why it's, I have a terrible story. The movie was fine. You know, I, I enjoyed it enough, had fun at the movie. Uh, but I have, I have a very specific story for this movie. Uh, I won't reveal a last name to protect the, the not innocent, but I went on a date with Aaron to this. We went, there was some friends there and she was supposed to meet me for a date. This is somebody I'd known for years. Uh, and she showed up like 20 minutes in the movie drunk for her first oh. official date. Mm. <laughs> Obviously, uh, as you can see, I'm not married to Aaron. We don't have kids together. It did not go anywhere. <laughs> sure. So that's my terrible story where Aaron showed up like, and it should have been like the immediate red flag of like not talking to Aaron anymore, even though I've known this person for years. But uh, yeah, my, my date showed up like 20 minutes into a movie drunk. And it was, it was right about... I think it was right when the the earthquake happened and the power started going out. Oh. <laughs> and was she like, "What's going on? Can you explain yeah, to me much. everything?" That- yeah. like, oh my god, I'm so sorry. What's happening? And like, there's going to be a monster. Just watch the movie. And she was talking to you after she yeah. was late. She just oh, said, "Sorry." Talk after. Like, she was pretty, uh, maybe not super drunk, but buzzed enough that she was. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> well uh you know hopefully um you know I, i'm sure aaron had a tough night especially with the um you know the the moving camera right i mean like <laughs> is this me or is this the movie what is going on <laughs> no no it's the movie it's not that bad <laughs> <laughs> a shaky cam oh my gosh yeah um that, that's a great story kurt uh, i i am sorry that she she showed up 20 minutes late and was a bit disruptive but um, you know, you, to be honest, again, I, I think if you were in the audience watching this movie, it, it, everybody had that drunk experience that night. So it's OK. Um, you know, the, the what's going on? Why is the camera shaking uh, experience? That is that is part of the Cloverfield experience. So I think Aaron was going for a, another level of authenticity. Um, but that being said, um, I remember being really hyped about this movie. Tony, Tony and Kurt, you guys nailed it on the head in terms of the marketing campaign. I think up to that point, viral marketing was not really a thing, you know? Um, and, and I, you know, I both hate and love the people at, you know, bad robot for this marketing campaign, because you can't deny the genius behind it, the hype that it built and, and how excited it got people. That's, that's brilliant right there. Like it got re- me really excited. You had everyone talking about it. It's, oh, it's, is it Voltron? Because he said, he said lion, even though the line, the trailer said alive, not a lion, but somebody, somebody in the audience in one theater heard lion and then started persisting that this was a Voltron movie, um, you know, and, and all of that. 
uh, you had these mysterious websites that didn't tell you anything like you mentioned, Kurt. I mean, like there were these MySpace pages and stuff like that. And that was more about the movie than the movie itself, you know. Um, so so that was brilliant. And then, you know, as Tony, you alluded to, you know, it, I hate them because what did we get out of all this? <laughs> Nothing really, you know. Um, and, and it's not a slight against the movie, actually, which I, I will say we'll get into ratings in a bit. But I did like the movie. I do like Cloverfield, um, you, you know, for for what it is. But the the there's a reason that this is a movie that opened really huge um, and then dropped significantly its second weekend, you know, um, and I think it, it's attributed to all of the things that all of us have touched on, and in particular you, Tony, about uh, the, the level of satisfaction audiences got after all that hype, you know, so um, very, very interesting case Cloverfield is. Um, yeah. Um, uh, Kurt, I wanted to start with you uh, and just see, uh, get your popcorn rating um, and, and just you know, survey how many out of five popcorns you're giving Cloverfield overall as a whole today versus even in 2008 when it came out. Um, how many popcorns? <laughs> so, so I said 3.5, which I think yeah. is fair. I probably would have rated it a little bit higher when I first saw it. Yeah. Um, drunk date aside, <laughs> uh, but, but going back, you know, it, it was kind of the, with the marketing and everything, you're, you're kind of hyped to see the movie. And I enjoyed it. Like some of it, you're like, I wish I would saw the monster more. But for what it was, I do enjoy a movie where they don't beat you over the head with what's happening. And you have to kind of piece things together. Um, but going back, yeah, a lot of the found footage stuff, which I can get, get into a whole rant about, makes the movie make not much sense in like in universe. So, so what I mean, like if you're a movie, like I love movies. I, I like to think about movies, talk about movies. So you have to understand like in universe, like you can watch a movie with magic or monsters or whatever, mm -hmm. but it has to have some kind of logical thing going on or else you start, it starts falling apart. Yeah. So rewatching and thinking about the found footage and what's actually happening in that movie, I think the found footage weighs it down. Like if it was just a standard monster movie with, you know, somebody sets a camera down and we film a scene, I think it would have done a lot better for me and mm -hmm. in holding up over time. Yeah. But like some of the found footage stuff just makes no sense. Like, why would they film this? There's a perfect example that really lowers the rating a little bit for me is that that opening scene with uh, I think it's Robin Beth, where they mm -hmm. hook up for the first time. They're supposed to be friends, and it's the first time it's this like romantic kind of moment. And the next morning, at, like six a.m., he's filming her asleep, like a creepy stalker or something. <laughs> and it's like that has to happen because it's a movie, and we need that scene of like them wake. But in in the reality of that movie or any reality. It's creepy and weird. Like these things don't like make sense. Yeah. So, so I lower the rating a little bit. It, it contradicts itself, right? Like for trying to be something real, it's it, it ends up defaulting to movie quality, movie mistakes. You know. Um. Yeah. So it's it's very much. Uh. I I get it, and I I totally agree with you a hundred percent on that. Um. But yeah. Um. Tony, out of five, popcorn rating for you. One. Ooh. <laughs> burn take that hud uh that's what you HUD. get you, you made a crappy movie hud <laughs> made a shitty movie uh, yeah you made a crappy movie uh no i'm kidding what happens when uh, you give pj miller a camera uh, <laughs> i listen i i like the movie i do like i recognize if when i'm being objective about it and i am yeah. separating my disappointment from it it's a well-made movie it's a jj abrams movie or like you know you could definitely feel like his influence on there and especially 
I understand what they were going for. Um, but yeah, there are some things that just don't really make much sense. The found footage, uh, you know, conceit kind of makes things difficult. It makes it difficult to connect with the people that we're supposed to care about. Yeah. Because ultimately, the person that we spend the most time with is the person holding the camera, which yeah. is E.J. Miller, who is a supporting character. And even, you know, throughout all that, you know, he's any significance or gravitas that might be uh, given to a specific relationship or a dynamic, it's immediately undercut. Why? Because TJ Miller is going to do the TJ Miller thing, which is say something smart ass and then just like cut right through that. So even when we're supposed to care about Beth and who's the main guy? See, I don't even remember what the Rob, Rob, Rob and Beth. Rob, Rob and Beth. Yeah. Robin Beth, like, like, yeah, there's yeah. like, a, you know, the misconnection thing, all, you know, there's something about that. And like, friends who've been friends for a long time and like it finally happens and there's the disappointment of that and then like the subversion of like you know a stereotypical big budget movie where ideally these guys would have like got out on the last you know chopper out of out of new york um but you know there's i think i think there's a tendency to confuse subversion with underwhelming Mm, ultimately mm. how i felt about just the ending it's like i can if you're gonna go that route you have to be very careful about how you craft that moment about how you get there and ultimately all the things i just mentioned just get us to this moment where it's just kind of like all right yeah so these 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 two are dead as well as millions more in new york yeah. and we don't the movie doesn't really give a shit about the millions of others of people who are yeah. presumably dead or running for their lives or so yeah it's just really difficult like once you start to like pick it apart and mm -hmm. all of that is because you don't care about the people you ultimately are left with even at the beginning it's like he's got a party he's going to japan and then it's a going away thing and it's like i i agree with you 100 percent because yeah <laughs> I don't know why I care, but yeah, I, I, but you know, all that to say that the movie is fine. The movie is good. There's some things in there that we definitely will pick apart as, mm -hmm. as, as the hour goes on, but uh, ultimately, yeah, it's, un it's underwhelming on its own. It's even more so when you consider all the names that are attached to it and therefore all the attention and the expectation that, that was put against it. And then they decided to go ahead and dump even more expectation on it with all these bullshit viral campaigns. They're not viral. <laughs> they were just really excited about the internet. That's all yeah. it was. They were really yeah. excited about the fact that we were finally over the AOL hump and that most people could actually <laughs> find their way to a website or to MySpace or to any yeah. one of those things. That to me just kind of, there's, there's more and then there's homework i don't want to have to yeah. do homework in order to understand your movie if that's, that's very true then you've made a shitty movie is my opinion um because all anybody wanted to tell me was like well did you go to the website and did you find the easter egg in the thing if you click on this that and the other i'm like i'm not sandra bullock in the net dude i'm not trying to find some like weird little <laughs> symbol in the corner of a page somewhere so that way i can find the magical portal it's going to lead to all the answers that i'm looking for i yeah. want to watch a movie i want to be able to get what i can out of that movie and if I then have to like go ahead and supplement that with your marketing, like, mm -hmm. I, yeah, horribly disappointing. So the one point is because I can recognize the craft that went into it, the the creativity of trying to frame, you know, I think it's still fairly unique within the yeah. monster movie kaiju genre yeah. where there's not many that like has such a small micro, almost claustrophobic scope. Yeah. Um, so I recognize it for that, but I like 
there's a reason why we don't make small monster movies. There's yeah. a reason why this movie would have been better if they had filmed it like World War Z. You yeah. can go ahead and create a relationship between your characters and your audience and still, you know, go ahead and get to the monsters. You can go ahead and have all that time to do that. But yeah, it, yeah, that's it. <laughs> um, so our one of our viewers, Q-Ball, said that he watched it and gave it a 4.5. It's a good film, but some of the parts are too confusing and trippy, but it is an, inve an inventive film. Um, along those same lines, Q-Ball, um, I agree. I agree with everyone, actually. Everyone's bringing up such valid points, both in this discussion and in the chat. Um, it's a 3.5 out of uh, out of five for me as well, Kurt. Um, and I, I definitely same score as you. There there are things about it that I really enjoy. On a conceptual level, it's brilliant because this is a kaiju movie told from the perspective of the people on the ground, of the villagers in Tokyo, you know, who have no idea what's happening. When we go into kaiju movies, there's a level of expectation where we are told everything that's happening, how the monster came to be, why the monster is attacking, you know, how the military is planning to stop the monster. We get none of that in Cloverfield. And it's because it's such a good concept. It, it is, you know, what happens when we regular people are faced with this catastrophic event, you know. And um, yeah, I love that idea. I love doing a, a monster movie in the perspective of, uh, the the regular human that doesn't know anything that's going on and and to tell the audience to not give any information to that audience because you're seeing things from the perspective of that that those humans that are just trying to survive this catastrophe genius I think it, it, it's very subversive um, it is actually very brilliant and I do love it for that I will stand by my statement um, that Matt Reeves has not made a bad movie so far in my opinion I've loved every single movie that he's made I I like Cloverfield. Um, I love um, Let Me In. Um, I, I do think that there are things about it that it does better than the remake, but ultimately the remake is better. Um, I do like the two Planet of the Apes movies I did, and I love the Batman. Um, Matt Reeves, in my opinion, aces. Fantastic filmmaker. Um, that You could definitely tell that this is his first movie. And what a first movie. What a, what a huge swing for it. My issue, though, with Cloverfield is, for as innovative as the concept is, as much as I really like it, I don't care about any of these characters. I don't care about these relationships. I, I Kurt, you hit the nail on the head where you mentioned that it is it is completely contradicting itself with the uh, I'm trying to make this a real movie, you, you know, a movie from by real people, but they're not fucking real people. Excuse me, they're not freaking real people, <laughs> you know. I mean, when when Rob and Beth are underwear models from a catalog and ga a Gap catalog or Abercrombie and Fitch catalog, it breaks the relatability that we should be having with this being a movie told from the perspective of a com uh, of an everyman, you know, um, because they're not everyman, you know, um, even even T.J. Miller, to a certain degree, has a level of attractiveness for, mo you know, more than than your average neighbor, you know, or whatever. Lizzie Kaplan, beautiful, gorgeous and talented actress. Um, but but if you wanted this to be about regular people, cast regular people, have those regular people do things that regular people would do, the verisimilitude in this movie is completely destroyed and it that that's the exact opposite of what a found footage movie should be not to mention and you hit the nail on the head as as well kurt about this um there's so many holes you could poke in the found footage idea 
Like, why, why are we watching this? Why would the military have this? You know, um, all of yeah, this. Why, why are they editing this together if it's like a government <laughs> found footage? Thing? Yeah. And it's like, it, it, when it's one of those movies where when you watch it and you walk out of it, you're like, that was brilliant. And then those questions start coming up and they don't go away. So the next time that you watch this movie, because there's no answers for it, um, you're just more frustrated than you were uh, when you first saw it, you know? Um, so, so yeah, I, I think Q-Ball is giving you a shout out, Tony, because uh, they agree with you that it, it there was an inner, uh, the intertwined lack of connection between the characters but mainly so focused on the special effects of the movie to yeah uh i think we definitely all kind of agree on that one um so interesting interesting movie um i'd love to hear what you guys um you know if we dive in a little bit deeper um i touched on the conceptual level and just the story of it all um a little bit uh, I'd love to hear what you guys kind of think about the overall story, the, this idea of this monster movie and people trying to just survive this. Um, it, Tony, I'd love to start with you. Thoughts on the story? Um, The story. The story. Yeah, because there's a story there, right? Yeah, it's about... There's a Human story. survival. Yeah, that's the... Story that's it. Yeah. Listen, I think, you know... <sighs> The more I think about it, and like this is completely unrelated, World War Z was just a movie that I had watched earlier this week. But like now that I'm like trying to frame my thoughts around it, I'm just like, that's the inversion of a zombie movie, right? Because zombie movies are usually, you know, very claustrophobic. They're usually very much about like a contained group of people. And then they decided, like, well, what if we go ahead and do the opposite? What if we make a zombie movie that has all the uh, format of a monster movie, which mm -hmm. is it's the the guy the inside guy right who's with the military or government who can try to figure out all the things of like how to defeat you know the monster in this case zombies and then cloverfield feels like the inversion for the monster movie which is like these are usually very grand you know ensemble casts you know with the you know government or military in some way and we get all the answers in order to like ultimately defeat or at least hold off the monsters you know to some point and then they decided to like, well, let's make it like a zombie movie. Let's make it about a very core group of like four to five people. And let's see how they fare within, you know, that, you know, guy on the ground kind of format. And it just, it doesn't work because like you said, we don't care about these people. The reason why we don't care to some extent is because folks who live in, on the island of Manhattan are a very specific group of people. <laughs> Where even like as like New Yorkers, I don't think like the average New Yorker would have necessarily like these. These are obviously transplants. These kids are all from like Kentucky, Missouri, Arkansas, and then decided to like kick off their careers in New York. Now, if this movie had been about born and bred New Yorkers who are actually from the area, from their, you know, smaller uh, little communities, the fact that fucking Beth is in a goddamn high rise <laughs> like that's like the fact like i get it because yes new york has plenty of high rises the probability of somebody like beth being living in a high rise like very high i get why they do it but then when you think about like that's not it's not the same because when i think about other scenes from other movies where it's like we cared about uh helen hunt's aunt and twister because it was like yeah that's like a small little like rural little house and like of course she's stuck somewhere within the debris and so we care about that because there's something relatable about you know where she lives and the area that she's in even if like i'm not from oklahoma i'm not from that place but there's something that's relatable about that a pretty girl in the high rise of manhattan 
that's not <laughs> it's not really relatable but at the yep. same time it's like the fact well, i get what they're trying to do they're trying to say like this could happen to anybody we're all in an equal playing field your money your wealth your position is not going to help you in this in in this way so yeah with the story it's just they've made a lot of very interesting choices and the fact and i bring all this up because it's like to me the story really doesn't matter because the leads are miscast these are the wrong yeah. leads these yeah are the wrong people who gives a shit about robin beth yep completely <laughs> forgot who they are i don't even know who the actors are i don't think we've ever seen them on this level in another movie do you even remember their names without Googling it or Wikipedia? It? Uh, Odette Annabelle has had a career a little bit after Cloverfield. Um, I don't remember who played Rob, TJ Miller, of course, and Lizzie Kaplan, I remember. Um, uh, but but yeah, I for the most part, they had things after Cloverfield that were better than Cloverfield, thankfully. Right. Um, but but yeah, I, I don't think I think you'd be hard pressed to find. It's also because we're film fans, so it's, you'd be right. hard-pressed to find anyone who really remembers the actors in this movie outside of maybe T.J. Miller. Um, but yeah, how much more relatable it had been if Robin Beth were played by T.J. Miller and Lizzie Kaplan. Yeah. Agreed. Really funny and charismatic. Agreed. And they can hold a scene and deliver a line. And Robin Beth are just like, you know, distressed white people. Like, I don't know if that's yeah. what that's literally all they're doing they're just distressed wealthy white people and it's like it's not even like wealthy to the point where it's like like if this had been like the glass onion cast and i'm like i'd like to see those folks in a fucking kaiju movie let's <laughs> do that let's see what happens with that but the fact that these folks are just so like basic it just yeah. the, the story and the story is very thin there's really no story all it is is like there was a hookup apparently two weeks prior to whatever mm -hmm. this went away party is and then monster attacks and uh -huh. then they have to try to save each other and figure out but there's no like there's it's it's survival that the story is survival like okay and and like, sometimes a basic survival story can be great you know i mean they're they're Jurassic Park is a basic survival story, isn't it? And it's one of the greatest movies of all time. Right. But the you problem for those set pieces, yes, you have we... something engaging with that. I remember them being in a few staircases. Yeah. I remember yeah. them being in a subway and <laughs> Lizzie Kaplan exploding all over the place in like what yep. looks to be a mall or yep. something. And that's it. That's all I and remember. It's it's because we care about Alan Grant. We care about Ellie Sattler. We care about Tim and Lex. You know, those characters are Spielberg knows how to how to make us connect to these characters, which we didn't do with Robin Beth, you know, um, so I, I totally get that. Um, and and that's that's the biggest issue with this, I think, um, is here here the world's going to shit. The kaiju is attacking New York. But Robin Beth broke up. <laughs> I mean, like. Who gives a flying fart about any of that? Um, and, and that is the weakest part of the story um, when it should be the most interesting part of the story because this is a movie that should be about human connection and human survival. And we just don't care about the humans at all. You know, I mean, um, in trying to subvert uh, what our, 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 our focus of a kaiju movie where in a Godzilla movie we care about and we love Godzilla um, if they wanted us to care about the humans instead of the monster in this, we don't. We 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 care more about the monster and the attacks than these interpersonal relationships and first world problems going on with these 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 characters. Oh no, I'm going to Japan and now I can't <laughs> continue this relationship. Even though MySpace is a thing, email is a thing, 
international <laughs> cell phone plans are a thing. Like, why is this an issue? Why is this a yeah. problem? Like, it, it just isn't. And I think the other thing that also suffers from this is that it's Matt Reeves' first movie and it feels like a big budget movie. But when you realize what you would have to do and invest into this mm-hmm. movie, if you're making a movie that is completely about the island of Manhattan mm-hmm. under a monster <laughs> attack, like there's a reason why at a certain point, the only four people in New York are these people. Like the <laughs> only, they're the only ones left. Everyone else pieced out or dead or whatever. And they that was just a very, very easy way for them to not have to pay extras or to not have to go ahead and composite a crowd right. scene in the CGI. Like it just, yeah, I feel like there's a few ways that if they wanted to carry this over the line and if we're talking about like tweaking it and fixing it to our own, you know, um, our own wants, it just feels like, yeah, so you guys didn't have the money to actually see what happens when it's the War of the Worlds did that. You know, Tom yeah. Cruise, it's not a very like great movie. It's not like a great adaptation of War of the Worlds, but at least we never lost scope of like, there are literally thousands, if not millions of people going through this at yeah. one given point. Yeah. And that's because it's a Tom Cruise movie, you know, with a massive budget. Cloverfield mm-hmm. has like, what? What was the budget on this thing? It was uh 25 to 30 million yeah that doesn't surprise me at all like yeah it feels small it feels like it's constrained yeah um that's awesome thank you tony um kurt what about your story um let's dive into your deconstruction so i guess i guess i go on another tangent because i do have some issues with the characters there but but yeah. to me i'll talk about what should be the most important character in a monster movie mm-hmm. which is the monster right mm-hmm. you don't have to see a monster like mm-hmm. uh for most of the movie, what was the Mist, the Stephen King movie? Yeah, fantastic, fantastic movie. But mm-hmm. the, the, the lurking important character behind everything is that fog, the mist. What's out there? That monster, mm-hmm. the, the terror. And when you do a kaiju movie, you should know a couple things about the monster. You don't have to know the origin of the monster. You don't have to know exactly what the monster looks like. But you have to understand what is the motivation of the monster, and what is the intelligence of the monster. So hmm. and that's where I think Cloverfield for me falls apart rewatching it a lot because we have no idea what the monster's motivation is, mm-hmm. which if you watch uh, the classic two monster movies, everybody's seen, everybody knows, but King Kong, you know what the King Kong's motivation is? He was kidnapped. He was brought somewhere and he's like in love with this human being. So his motivation mm-hmm. is he wants the human being and he wants to get the hell out of there. Like mm-hmm. perfect motivation. Godzilla, we know what his motivation is. You know, humanity screwed up the planet. Godzilla's mad about it. They did something. They blew something up. They detonated a nuclear bomb. Godzilla is awoken. He's like, what are you guys doing to Earth? I'm the king of you know the world, basically. But Cloverfield, we don't know what the monster's motivation is. And there's another problem with that, which I'll mention in a second. But the other thing is we don't know the intelligence level of the monster. And I say that specifically because if you watch like a zombie movie, you know, you know most zombies are kind of shambling idiots. If you watch like a, like a serial killer movie, you know, maybe they're in the same level as intelligence as a person. Alien movie, it could be monsters that are extremely intelligent. But there's a scene, right? The, the famous scene of the Statue of Liberty head. Mm-hmm. So how that has to have happened in the movie, logically, is Cloverfield pulled that head off and threw it, or actually probably carried it and then threw it. Because <laughs> the Statue of Liberty, where the head landed, are so far away. And the Statue of Liberty is standing there. So Clover, yeah. the Cloverfield monster has to be pretty intelligent but then displays no intelligence. It's like this logical like break. Yeah. And then going back to the motivation of the monster, there's another, there's another 
big issue with this. And I think this is, to me, the movie feels a lot like a lot of cool ideas being thrown into something and you just kind of watch it and you enjoy it. But it's not so well done that the cool ideas don't matter. Like I'm trying to think of like, like an El Topo, right? Like, like there's, there's some pretty abstract movies that I love. And, you know, stuff doesn't always necessarily connect right away. And you go, oh, it's fine. It's a great movie. But there's, there's an important spoiler if you haven't seen Cloverfield. But so the monster comes from the ocean. And if you, re, if you were into any of the viral marketing, it's, it's pretty clear that the, the monster came from underground in the ocean somehow. There's like earthquakes. They were drilling for oil. The monster got mad or something. The slusho things were like it's eggs or something. That's kind of what they imply. The monster comes from like the ocean. But, 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 but. It comes from a UFO, apparently, or space, because at the end, when they're they're showing the little the happy footage of them at the park or the mm-hmm. Pony Island, Pony Island. something crashes in something the crash lands. Yeah. So, so I have no idea what this monster's motivation, where it's from, what it's doing. Which, mm-hmm. which to me, like rewatching it, when you kind of think about that, like as a guy who loves kaiju movies, monster movies, it undermines everything because I have no idea what this thing is doing and why. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's you could have a force of nature, which is fine. Yeah. But then it wouldn't be smart. We don't need to know its motivation, where it comes from. Like, it's just just logical, like, nonsense thrown at a wall. Like, like a, the script is very, I guess the best way I can describe, like, my reading of this movie as, like, the story and characters, it's a Michael Bay movie Michael Bay didn't make. Because if you watch hmm. a Transformer movie, except for Bumblebee, they're all about just vapid idiots. Yep. You're supposed to care about, but you don't. Yep. And then, then stuff happens and it doesn't really make a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. At the end of the movie, you're like, well, I sat through a movie. Um, and then there's a lot of those scenes that feel mi- very Michael Bay, right? We cut to the, the military shooting, the Cloverfield yep. monster. But because it's found footage, we can't just see the Cloverfield monster, the military. We're like zooming in and out, have no idea what's going on, which is like a yeah. movie. Just zooming yeah. around. But but yeah, a lot of the claustrophobic stuff works really well. And I wish the whole movie was maybe just I guess HUD, TJ Miller and maybe some other random people from an apartment surviving. Yeah. Like, like, like an old Filipino lady or something, like a young black, you know, have like a, a good group yeah. of different people who have yeah. different skills. And he's kind of the, the fish out of water goofus, which he is in the movie. Yeah. But he doesn't do that heroic thing, like a logical movie thing where the guy's kind right. of dumb. Then he steps up or he figures something out. And he's like, oh, I know how to stop this monster, how to get out of here. So I don't know. The story's paper thin. The characters are paper thin. Yeah, the, the biggest the biggest sin with that is as much as I enjoy watching it, is the monster is just a thing that has no motivation. We don't know why it's there, and it doesn't yeah. work for this kind of movie to not yeah. know what's going on. It it goes back to what you what you kind of compared um, to the mist, Kurt. I mean, like we don't know anything about the mist. We don't know anything about these characters, but uh, sorry, these these monsters. Um, but the one thing about the mist that makes it compelling is it's not the mists or the monsters that are the scariest things. It's it's this is the breakdown of society embodied in this this supermarket, right? Um, and humanity, that's really the most interesting part of it. These characters, Darabont knows that these characters are what make this movie interesting and what they're doing and how they're reacting to the situation is what makes it interesting. Um, and and that's the thing that could have made Cloverfield so much better. I personally, for me, I love kaiju movies and I do like knowing about the, what, the things that you like knowing about the intelligence of the monster and the origins of the monster, all of that. But 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 at the end of the day, I don't need those things or, you know, anything really to know about the monster if I care about the humans that I'm spending time with. Um, you know, if if this had compelling characters um, that I remembered and, and this really was that true 
human struggle kind of movie um, where we connect to these characters and we like these characters, we know about these characters, all of that, then I think that this would have been a much stronger movie, you know? Um, I, I, I wish, like, honestly, even if this was the movie that we got, if they expanded on the mythology behind this in future installments, then that would have been more interesting. Um, for example, I think you mentioned, Kurt, that, you know, the, the, at the end, the, you know, ship kind of crash lands. Um, that's what we're led to believe. It is also something that Clark Roswald, who's watching right now, hi, Clark, um, said that it was Japanese space uh, science satellite crashing down at the end. That's, that's definitely something that we, we all assumed as well. I think when you watch the subsequent films, in this so-called Cloverfield anthology series. Granted, I love 10 Cloverfield Lane. I think it's a superior movie to Cloverfield, this Cloverfield. Um, but I think the Cloverfield paradox is hot garbage. It is, it is, it is absolutely terrible, terrible, horrible movie. Um, I think they tried to connect Cloverfield paradox to Cloverfield because I think something happens in Cloverfield Paradox which I don't yeah. remember. The, um, the, well, the the one guy's from Ten Clover. Wait, one of the there's the one guy on TV who's also the guy from Ten Cloverfield Lane, right? Maybe I think possibly they tried to connect it really badly. They tried to connect it, but and then I think at the end the Clover Monster jumps out of the sky and like kills something or something like that, right? So I'm not yeah, sure how. Let me get to the the other reality because there's. Yeah. The third reality the ship makes it to, I think, right? Is that how it works? The ship jumps through reality. I, I'm that third, uh, yeah, it's that movie. I'm going to be completely honest. I don't remember Jack about the Cloverfield paradox. I remember a lot about the 10 Cloverfield Lane. I remember a lot about Cloverfield. And all I remember about 10 uh, Cloverfield paradox was their failed attempt to connect it to Cloverfield one with the Clover monster jumping out at the end. And I was just like, what the hell did I just watch? I'm going to erase it from my brain permanently. So um, yeah, uh, the jumping realities things, I'm going to be honest. I, I'm going to take your word for it because I have honestly no idea <laughs> myself. Um, so but I've yeah. never seen any of the other Cloverfield movies and nothing that you guys are saying is going to motivate me. I will <laughs> say this. No, 10, 10 Cloverfield Lane is I actually hear. terrific. Yeah, yeah it is terrific. I've heard is that it's a good movie, but where it fits within the entire oh no no no, no. don't don't nothing to do, with do not watch it as any sort of extension to cloverfield watch it as an anthology movie that's a separate story that's exactly what i've heard about it like it's yeah. a good movie is it a good cloverfield movie <laughs> yeah but what is a good cloverfield movie cloverfield's <laughs> not even a good cloverfield movie so i mean like the only the only possible connection is that the thing at the end is somehow related to the the ufo or possibly Jap uh, japanese space science satellite yeah, but yeah. That's the only possible connection. Yeah. It's John I, Goodman. So it it, you know, it's like a, an alien thingy, you know. I mean, that's that's all we really know um at the end of it. Much like Cloverfield one, very little answers, but that's okay with 10 Cloverfield Lane. That's the thing. Uh the story itself with John Goodman um and with Mary Elizabeth Winstead is so goddamn compelling. Yeah. Um you know, mm -hmm. uh that that the what the answers that you don't get in 10 Cloverfield Lane, almost the antithesis of Cloverfield 1, um it it doesn't matter. You're okay not getting those answers whereas with Cloverfield 1, we're kind of like we don't get answers. This is what kind we're of, there for. It is yeah. all we're there for. Yeah. 
And the yeah. fact that we don't even get what we're there for is like, well, then what was I, were you hoping that the rest of this was going to distract me yeah. from the yeah. fact that I don't get any of that? Like that's, that's, that's upsetting. Yeah. Uh, I, I, yeah. Did you watch <laughs> Prey, um, Tony? Yes, of course I did. Yes. Did you like Prey? I love Prey. Yeah, <laughs> only, I should I should preface this though. Um, it's the only Predator movie that I have seen from beginning to end. I've yeah. seen various other like bits and pieces. There's like a lot, obviously, about the Predator franchise that I've absorbed through osmosis. But yeah, I, I dub Prey a lot. I liked Prey a lot as well. And the reason I knew going in to Prey that Prey was going to be good was because it was directed by Dan Trachtenberg, who did Ten Cloverfield Lane. It's because of Ten Cloverfield Lane that I thought that this was going to be a good movie and it actually was. He's a good filmmaker. Um, so not not saying that you should give it as a chance as a Cloverfield movie, but give it as a chance as a movie. It's a really good movie. Yeah. I mean, the bar is low here. I mean, it's that one out of five popcorns for me. So yes. I, anything is going to be... Listen, I'm okay with a movie not answering every question that I have. Unfortunately, when that is all that you're offering me is the tease for some answers by the end of the movie because... Yeah. They actually, what nobody remembers this, but TJ Miller and Lizzie Kaplan were not the names in 2008 they are now, right? No, like, no, these they were, were all a bunch of start. They went to great lengths to like, these are all unknowns. You've never known them. They've maybe done a couple of like bits of pieces, things here and there. But, you know, yeah. So, I mean, now we can look back on it and be like, oh, TJ Miller, obviously. Like, it's a yeah. very like recognizable voice. Like, oh, Lizzie Kaplan, obviously. Yes. Yeah. The others, who cares? Um, <laughs> but it, it it just was like, so there's no star power there. There's no, like, established movie star. Even if you get a known, you still have to have, like, some form of charisma. But they were like, no, no, no. Nobody too glamorous. Nobody too captivating and charismatic. Because it still has to be believable. But then I'm like, you can still do that. Like, you can still have mm. a movie star in a smaller scope film. Like, Chris Hemsworth in Cabin in the Woods is, like, a perfect example of that. Mm. Like, yeah. They'll go ahead and do that. But I just feel like there's a lot of missteps here with some very foundational things. And it's like, you have to give the audience one or the other. You either have to give them yeah. folks they care about just on the virtue of them being like sparkling, dazzling movie stars. The script and the dialogue has to be on point or you have to give them a fucking answer. Even yeah. if the movie had ended, Beth and Rob and everybody else is dead on the island of Manhattan. And then it would have just like completely cut to like a screening room of like a bunch of like, you know, the, you know, just a bunch of military dudes. And it's like, okay, guys. So now that we know that like this thing is not dead and now we have to go ahead and go like chase it across New Jersey. And now we have to nuke the entire state of New Jersey. And it's because it's like some weird alien thing. Like at least if that would have been, I would have been like, well, this is so like filling school. You ran out of money and now you got to like... <laughs> Info dump in the last. Like, now I'm just now I'm just wishing they had done. I hope every movie that does know how to end the movie does the the Zack Snyder uh, Dawn of the Dead ending. Yes, because oh, that ending makes no sense, and I love yes. it because yes. <laughs> spoiler for a, a remake of a movie that came out like 50 years ago. Um, so at the end of the movie, they escape and they go to an island, but 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 they're in a mall in the middle of the America, America so they should be in the Great Lakes. And it's a tropical island. It makes nope. absolutely no sense when you think about it for two seconds. That was a really powerful boat. All right. There was a lot of gas. That <laughs> How is. did they get to the tropical? They had to go through the Great Lakes, down the same, like, all the way down to like- They could have made it. And there's zombies at the tropical island too. Yeah. So yeah. I don't yeah. Like islands. Every yeah. movie I mean, should just end like that now. Romantic comedy doesn't matter. They go to that same island and get eaten by zombies. 
let's let's be honest the uh it, it's it's a Zack snyder trademark to end things in a way that doesn't make sense like and, well, and, you know what what how great would it have been if like the end of it would have been like this would have been like one out of like we would have panned out and it would have been an entire wall of screens of similar found footage and it would have been like uh, the promise of like there's millions if not you know like there's thousands if not millions of like similar stories of people from yeah. the island of manhattan this just happens to be one of them and they yeah. could have ate off of that for years they could have been making 20 of these by now yeah 15 years later we could have had 20 of these found footage like cloverfield version 2.0 like and it would have been you know like folks in Har harlem you could have like gone through like all like the different angles and the, all the different geographical locations within manhattan and new york and the fact that it's just so limited and contained, I know there's something to be said about like, you know, keeping it small, keeping it elegant, but then it's like, you're making a fucking monster movie. These are not yeah. words I want associated with my yeah. movies. Yeah. <laughs> I, I agree with you, Tony. That would have been an amazing way to kick off an anthology series of some sort. You know, I mean, like you guys have seen what happens when the underwear models have to escape the monster. Now, what about <laughs> the regular people? You know, I mean, like non-underwear models. You I, mean, know? I, I guess I guess Cloverfield Paradox, which is a terrible movie. I, okay, for for everybody who hasn't seen this terrible movie, don't don't but bother. If you want to see event, if you want to see Event Horizon, which is not a great movie but a good idea, but worse, mm -hmm. a million times worse. That's so, that's Cloverfield Paradise. So I guess the answer is that they jumped into a third reality, I think, in that movie. And that maybe is what caused the Cloverfield monster, if that's the same reality as Cloverfield. Because hmm. at the end, the monster shows up. But it, they were, like, hopping through realities, I think is how it worked. Like, they were trying to, like, go to hyperspace. But it, it was like the Event Horizon ship, basically. But yes. nobody's probably seen. If, you've, if you've seen Event Horizon... Yeah, there's the great line is Lawrence Fishburne, Fishburne who says um, when they find all this weird stuff's happening, he just says we're leaving. Best line in a horror movie is like we're getting out of here. <laughs> the smartest thing anyone's ever done yeah. in a horror movie. Yeah, I'm not even going to tell people that Cloverfield Paradox is on Netflix because it's just a it's a terrible freaking movie. Don't bother to watch it ever. Um, but yeah, I I loved talking about this, guys. I I honestly. It's fun sometimes to look back at these movies that I remember fondly and enjoyed, um, you know, and and kind of uh, recognize the the flaws in them. Is it still a fun movie to watch? Sure, every now and then, but but you know, it's a very flawed movie to say the least. Um, but I think the one the one takeaway that we can all uh, you know agree on is Tony needs to watch Ten Cloverfield Lane, and uh, that's it. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> No, I'm joking. I'm joking. Um, that being said, uh, love talking to you guys as always about movies. This has been amazing. It's been a gift. Um, I, I want to start with um, Kurt. Where can everyone find you? And uh, yeah, any final thoughts? Uh, yeah, you can find me. Uh, WLFK Films is probably what it says there. That's my Instagram. And then if you look up Kurt Bros, the Kurt Bros on TikTok and stuff, I'm all over the place doing weird things. And then I guess my final thought is if you're going to make a monster movie, Make a monster movie. Don't try to be cute. Make a found footage thing. Just put a giant monster destroying stuff. Just do it. <laughs> what do we want to see? We want to see Godzilla. Uh, I 100% agreed wholeheartedly. Godzilla versus Kong is a more is a more fun movie than uh, than than this one. So so yeah. Um, Tony, what about you? Where can everyone find you? And final thoughts. 
Uh, yeah. Um, you guys can find me on all social media at the Tony Sanchez. I'm not making much these days, but I do enjoy showing up here and you guys can find me whenever stuff allows us to talk about smoking aces or, you know, anything else like that. <laughs> or losers. That was the other movie that we were pitching to her the other night. The so, losers. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah. So uh, anytime you guys need me to go ahead and, uh, rip apart a movie based on nothing, <laughs> with the actual movie itself, I'm here for you. So, <laughs> We we love hearing all of this, Tony. It's it's the greatest perspective on things ever, and it's it's actually it, it's it's incredibly insightful every single time we get to talk to you um, because your points are so good, they're so valid, and I I love it. I love it when you actually uh, get to express all of this because uh, yeah, I I think sometimes you you definitely inspire I'm things thoughts so in me. Giving. I'm yeah. usually so generous. I'm usually like this is garbage, but it's awesome, and I love it. Five out of five, guys. <laughs> And this nope. was, I was like, when Steph said, like, who wants to talk about Cloverfield? And I was like, yeah. oh my God, yes, my moment is <laughs> This is it. So yeah, hope we can do this more. I'll give Steph a list of movies that I, I don't enjoy. So yeah. We're, we'll be there right with you. Um, we'll be picking it apart. Uh, and I've been Mike Manalo. Um, as always, thank you guys. You can find me at TidyBullBoy182 on Instagram and Twitter, but mostly on my work at thenerdsofcolor.org, whattowatch.com, and that's at LA. Um, our next show is going to be on Monday. We're going to be talking about the first episode of The Last of Us, uh, who, if you guys are huge fans of the game, uh, I can't wait to dive into this series with you guys. It's going to be amazing. Yeah, yeah. That's right, Johnny. I have a question. I do have a yes, question. Please. I don't play video games. Do I need to? No. In order no. to? Okay. No. Okay. Last of Us is very story heavy, so. Yes, it is. But, but not is. like in a bad way, like, you know, like, yeah. I was like, I got a three day weekend. No. I can go, I can go buy an Xbox and like, <laughs> not necessary. In fact, I feel like you'll enjoy it even more because you won't know it's coming. Um, And I'd love to see how you connect to the characters organically, because that is the best thing about this, this game franchise are the characters. So um, yeah, it's the anti Cloverfield. Uh, so there you go. Um. With that being said, thank you guys as always for joining us. You guys are the best. You are the reason that we do these shows. And uh, we can't wait to talk about movies and shows with you guys more as uh, as the month continues. So thank you guys as always. And uh, stay tuned to Nam Talk Network. <laughs>